So we saw that the Torah explains that the Chacham explains that the Arna Kodesh was the place where, through which, so to speak, the Meichin, the Chachma, the Torah, the Levah, all came down to Kla Yisrael. And uh, if that's the case, so the Kuzari responds in Sif Chavtes, Mamrasheni, and he says, Amar Kuzari. If that's the case, that the Arna Kodesh represented the place where the Chachma, so to speak, the Vua, came to the Kla Yisrael, what he called the Rosh of the Ummah, that's the case, then the Kaisra collectively today doesn't have a Rosh Nadav, we don't have Arna Kodesh. We don't have Nevoah. So, whatever Mala that Kaisra collectively had in the Arna Kodesh, we don't have anymore, we don't have an Arna Kodesh. And on this, the Khaver answers him, and Siflamid is Amr Khaver, Kaino Kashar Mati, you're right. Not only that, we didn't just lose our Kodesh, we lost everything. The Oid Laguf, we don't have a body either. Like we saw, the other Kalim of the base of Migdash, the Shulchan, the Menorah, the Mizbech, who connected other parts of the body, whether it's, like we said, the digestive system, whether it's the respiratory system, we've lost all of it. So what have we have left? What we have left is our Atzamas, Mufuzaris, Kamoy Atzamas, Yevashis, Asherah, Yechesko. What we have left is just the scattered bones like the dry bones that Yechezkel saw in his Nevoah. And now before he goes weiter, it's something very beautiful, Akuzari, we just have to understand that what he's trying to say here. <coughs> because Kaisra is still living. We aren't just at some Yevashis. Kaisra are alive, and Kaisra, I'm not talking about the individuals, but I'm saying Kaisra in the 2000 approximate years since the Khurban, Right. We've achieved a lot. We wrote the Mishnah, we wrote the Talmud, we wrote the Shulchan Aruch, the Arizal, the Vilnagon, the Vashem Tov, the Chavetz Chaim, whatever you want. Chayeshul is not dead and stagnating, on the contrary. right? So it's true, we don't have the Beis HaMikdash as the medium, or as the symbol, or as the example of the like spiritual counterpart, so to speak, to the Guf of Chayeshul, but Chayeshul is still very much here. And uh, if that's the case, so what's, why is he describing Klai Yisrael not only having, not having a head, but also not having a goof? We, had, we don't have the base of Mikdash, which was the, the place which compared to, so to speak, the goof and the rosh of Klai Yisrael. But we, it's hard to say that, like the king said, that attempt Klai Yisrael today without a, without a goof and a rosh. So what does he mean? And it's also interesting that uh, second diuk is that the king also knew that the basin was destroyed. And he focuses specifically on the fact that you don't have a rush and a lave. And the Chacham Adin, you're right, you don't have anything else either. Why did he focus on that more than anything else? And the answer is that he was responding to what the Chavar just told him. We saw last time that the Chavar said to him that we don't have a clean basin mikdash which is connected to the head. The kaychus of the minds, if you're going to call it chachm, you're going to call it nevuah, that come down minimala into the Aaron Kodesh, which represents the heart of Klai Yisrael. And therefore, if these things are some are uh, spiritual levels or assets which have to come in Hashemayim, and you need someone here to receive them, so then the the king understood that if we don't have the Aaron Kodesh, we don't have the ability to receive these kaychus anymore. And he's not wrong because we don't have nevuah. We don't have the book. 
Yeah, that was one of the things which there was at the time of the when there was an Aaron Kodesh. If Taka lost that, and to an extent he lost Chachma also. And both of these things are mafurish in Chazal. Right? The <coughs> on the first point, the Chazal say that at the time of the Churban by Yisrishon, that's when the Vur ended. Even though we know there were Nevi'im in the Gola, and there were even Nevi'im at the beginning of the time of Bayashani, those were people who had already gotten the Vur beforehand. And therefore, they kept, as long as they lived, they kept their status as Nevi'im. They kept the, the ability that they had. But there were no new Nevi'im after that. Right? When the, when the first Mishra was destroyed, that was the Kiru and end of Nevi'im. Um, I heard the Rosh Hashanah always used to explain this in the last part in Eichel. We know that Eichel finishes with Yirmiyahu's plea, Hashivayin Hashem Elechav and Hashavah. But then he has another pasuk, Ki Ma'ais Ma'atzlanu. You've completely rejected us. Katzaftan and Admoid. You're angry with us, Admoid, without limit. And that's where Eichel ends. We respond, we repeat the last pasuk again, Hashivayin, so we should end on a positive note. But Yirmiyahu didn't end there. Why not? So what is to say that Yirmiyahu was talking as a Navi, saw that this was the end of Nevo. And therefore, this is, uh, the, you've actually rejected us. There's, no, there's not going to be any new ischachos of new Nevim. And therefore, what he saw in the Khurban was the end point. Same thing by Again, talking about Yirmiyahu and Navi, we've mentioned this a few times, the famous Midrash, that when he was crying over the Khurban, the Greek uh, philosopher Plato met him, and Asa is not worthy of someone from your stature to be crying over sticks and stones. And what Yirmiyahu told him, he said, I you know you're a great philosopher, I'm sure you have dilemmas in philosophy or unanswered questions in the, that, you want to, that you don't have a resolution to. Ask me all your questions. So he does, and Yirmiyahu answers everything. So the philosopher Plato tells him, he says, you've just increased the question I have on you now. If I see you're so intelligent and you have such depth of wisdom, Right, so then again, I'm asking what I asked before. It's not fitting for a man of your stature to be crying over a building. And Yirmiyahu's answer to important to Shaykh was, all the Chachmu that you see I have, I got from this building. So which means that there was a certain Chachmu which was lost by the Khurban. Not just Nebuah. He wasn't uh, discussing Nebuah with that, he was discussing philosophy with him. But there was a certain Chachmu as well which was lost by the Khurban. And that's exactly what the, what the king says over here. That if Chachmu or Nebuah has to come in a manner, has to come from Hashem, if that's the case, then with that level of Chachm and Nebuah, there isn't any more without, without Aaron HaKodesh, without the Basin Linkdash. So today we, so to speak, missing that, that life and that, that head that there was at the time, that the Kaisha once had. And on and the, the Chachm agrees with him. He says, Kainu Kasher it's true. It's true. And this is a, this is the interesting point. Everything we had since then was Tarash Abalpeh. And Torah Shabbat have blossomed, and Torah Shabbat have flourished, and that was the mission of the Gemara until today. That's the, ex- the elaboration and the profusion of Torah Shabbat. But that's all using the person's ability to understand. The Chachma, which was given at the time of Bayez Rishon, Torah Shabbat Chsav, on the Vur, that we talk don't have. That we talk don't have. In that area, we're missing it. So now, what did the Chachma add? He said, Larry, do we not do we lose? The Rosh, so to speak, the Chachm, the Nevo, which was meant to come down in the Mala. We also learned the Guf. He doesn't explain what he wants with that. He just throws us in. Um, the Vilnagon explains it. The Vilnagon explains that he says that after the 
Korban of the Beis Hamikdash, there was still a ma'ila of the, so to speak, the the, the amounts, the masses of Jewish people who were all doing Rosh Hashem. <coughs> so even if we lost the connection to Shemaim, we still had the ma'ila of the Rabbim which are in Rosh Hashem, which he calls the body, the body of Klai Yisrael, the body of Klai Yisrael. We might not have had the connection with the ma'ila which would be in the Rosh of Klai Yisrael, but we still had the Everyone together who was being kind of terror in the mitzvahs, which would be the body of Klai Yisrael. He said that the persecutions afterwards, which in times of Rome, the Rome, they call it Shmat, right, destroyed millions of people. That was the fall of Beitar, which is just a symbol of that, right. And we made we lost the goof of Klai Yisrael also. The amount of Yidin keeping mitzvahs, is few, then at least, was few and far between. We didn't have the Rav Am, we didn't have the thousands and thousands of of, of people keeping the mitzvahs, so we lost the guf as well. The guf would be the, 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 so to speak, just like the body is the ability to do something. So same thing there, the strength in the numbers of, of Yisrael who were kind of Hashem decreased drastically. And uh, you just have to look at the Gemara's and numbers of the amount of people who were killed in, in the Gzeris Hashemad after the Khurban to get some scope of what you're talking about. I mean, we talk about the fall of Beitar. So the Gemara talks about a river of blood which went from Beitar until the sea. Which Beitar isn't very far from where Beitar is today. From there to the sea, you're talking about approximately 50 kilometers. That's a tremendous amount. To make a river of blood that travels 50 kilometers, you're talking about enormous numbers. Or the Gemara talks about a city called Turmalka. And Turmalka was so big that the, the Romans were attacking the one side of the city and the other side didn't know about it. It was too far away. Again, you're talking about something enormous. And we... And we, we have numbers also brought in the Kinnis. Uh, 940,000 Jews got killed in the day that the Besmir was destroyed. If you're talking about people who were killed in personal combat or by, by the sword, wherever it is, it's, it's unbelievably big numbers. And what Klaishra lost is that, that, that enormous amount of people who would be Mekayim Terimitzvist. That's what he called, that's what, he, what the, the Gaon calls, the Kuch of Klaishra. We lost that as well. So now we just scattered remnants, so to speak, which he calls the Thomas Samifazaris. Like the bones which are scattered, we don't have that same structure of, of the enormous force that Klai Yisrael had. Is something else. But that is explaining that there are three stages in Misa. What he calls the Nesham Elivin, and then what he calls the Chibut Akever, the disintegration of the body. And uh, he says that, the Nisham, that Klai Yisrael died by the Shah's Khurban, in the sense that the Neshama left, which means the Nebuah left. And then the Chibut HaKever, which he says is, is the disintegration of the body of Kaish, was well, the Kedrash Hashemad, when the, uh, the enormous amounts of Yudin were destroyed. The third Chibut, which is right now, is the Harigah Vatsarah Rukim That's the third Chibut uh, which he talks about. Okay, but well, that's, the, that's the, the same dogma exactly that the Kuzari gives, that uh, we lost the body of Kaish also. Was in a book is coming for. He, he tells that Thomas Ayavashis to come back to life, and then he turns to Klai Israel and he says, You that Thomas Ayavashis. So it could be a message of Chizuk to Klai Israel. Even though now we're talking about the second message of Mikdash, the God, we're talking about the second message of Mikdash, we're talking about the first, but it's the same idea. Again, in the, in the, when it talks about the Vuzaradan um, finding the blood of Zachariah burning, so also the amount of people he killed is staggering. Right, it's awesome, nearing a million people, with the, according to the Midrash. So, good, yeah, the, the message of the Thomas Yavetius was a message to Klai Yisrael. And...
Maral, which is quoted as 100% true, the Maral says that either Shoros HaShchina comes milamalo, which is through the Aron Kodesh, or there wasn't by Shoshan, or it's, a, it's a, not the masses of Klai Yisrael, but the unity of Klai Yisrael. The unity of Klai Yisrael. He says, Vahi Bishon Melech Vesasef Roshan. When Klai Yisrael is united, that also brings us Shoros HaShchina. But Maral wants to explain with that in the Netach, is that why Sinas Chinam brought the Chorban. And he said, because when there wasn't a unity of Klai Yisrael anymore, so then we married there wasn't the basis for the Shrine to come down. And there is the middle connected middle is we lost the Klai Yisrael. When there was that unity, then the Kayach we had was the amount of Klai Yisrael, the numbers of Klai Yisrael. So part of the Xeris HaKurban was that was, that was uh, taken away from us. Now, now the Xeris is, uh, that's true, he agrees that Klai Yisrael in the masses of today is very far from the Klai Yisrael of then. But he says something beautiful. We, even having admitted that Klai Yisrael today uh, have lost their ration, have lost their goof, we just scattered bonds, you should still know, King of Kozarim, that the bonds still have within them a vestige from being alive, because they were once alive. They once had been a, a recipient for the Rosh and the Lev, which Klai had in the time of the Baz Rishon, and the Nefesh and the Zechel. And if that's the case, bones like that, dry bones, which today or might be dead and scattered, but they have within them the sort of vesti- vestige of the life that there once was, are better than statues made out of stone or out of cement, even if they're full statues. Because they had their ears, their, nose, their eyes, their nose, everything. But they never lived. They never had life. So it's true, a bone which once one time had life is on a different level. It's much better than a statue, even if it's a whole statue, which never had life. It's not a living thing, so it never will have life. They statues in the shape of people, but they're not people. And uh, the, the martial is simple, it's true. A bone is something which was once alive. It has within it, uh, so to speak, living tissue, living material, as opposed to a statue which is always was always dead and always will be dead. And uh, he wasn't just giving that as a marshal. What the Chacham was, going, was trying to, Miramis to, and he's going to say first in two paragraphs time, is the other nations are statues. They might have a full structure, they might look like they're complete, right? but they, have, they never had life. They're just a statue. And if that's the case, a dry bone, which was once something alive, is on a different league altogether, to a statue made out of stone or out of any other material because it never would be alive. It has no shaykhs to life. And this is the, this going back to the Vavya Chaskal was exactly the message that he was trying to show to Israel. When Hashem asks him, Ben Adam, can these bones come back to life? And the message was, yes, they might be dry bones, but within them there is still the ability to reconnect to life. Mashaink and something which was never alive will never become life. And therefore, Klai Yisrael, right, and therefore, Klai Yisrael, even in the, their present status of being, like he says, of being similar to these dry bones, are still more connected to Chios than a full statue which has nothing to do with it, which, was, which never had any Shaykhus to Chios. So it may be look more broken, it may look, be, look more fragmented, but Lamaisa, there's more it has in terms of Ruchnius than a statue which has nothing. 
I learned it because I understood the Nimshal, or he, and he was agreeing, or just understood the Marshal. But either way around, the Chav is not going to elaborate and explain what he meant by the Marshal. Who is he comparing to the statue? Amr Achaver, Ke Umas Ha'akum, the non-Jewish nations, Ashe Choshvur Hidamis Le'Uma Achayo. They try to compare themselves, right, to make themselves similar to the living nation. Le'yachur Le'hasig El Yosem Radim Yonhanira. All they could do is they could follow the trappings of Klaishra, the facade. The, super, the superficial way Klaishra looks, and therefore they copied what we did. They also made temples, so they whatever they considered God, their God. And we're going to see a lot of other things they did to be similar to us. But the important point is, they never saw any sign that Hashem came to their temples. They copied us. We had a base of English, and they built their temples. But it was an external, it was something superficial. It was something exterior. Did, did they ever see Ashosh Hashem in their temples? No. Same thing. He, he, the, they were Parish. Parishu. He knows you. The Harisalem and Nebuah. They also secluded themselves and, and uh, acted like monks act until today. They put themselves into seclusion and denied themselves pleasure in order to try and access Nebuah, in order to try and... Uh, Ascertain or attain some kind of transcendental spiritual state. That's why they do that? That's what they claim they're doing. But they're near us, it never happened. They never saw Nuva. This is talking about the Nevi Abal, they danced around the Mizbech, they stabbed themselves wherever they did. The fire never came down. Which means the, the religions that there was all an external trapping, they followed the, so to speak, the ceremonies. Or the outside uh, appearance of what Klaishal were doing, but the sign wasn't, there was no MS there, was that they never saw any spiritual result from what they did. And therefore, he says, um, in the time of video, no, no fire came from Shemaim. Even by punishment. We never saw any, any divine retribution against them which showed them that Hashem was involved in punishing them. Nothing changed. The rise and fall of all the other religions or nations was It was based on how many of them they were, or how strong they were able to defeat other countries in battle, or when there was internal division, or alliances, wherever it's going to be. We don't find any anything like we find by Yisrael, and that is when, even in punishment, when Hashem was angry with them, there was divine punishment, like in the midbar or like in other times when Matibabum Aish Hashem, or whatever it was, that Hakadosh Baruch came to punish. The way that the, the nature of other nations was uh, completely, in, so to speak, within the realms of the natural. Uh, the natural flow of how nations change or develop or evolve or mix or separate, whatever it's going to be. And therefore the point he's trying to say is that that as much as they created for themselves an alternative religion, so to speak, it was Vatima statue. There was nothing there. Now, to understand this point by Oymek, to understand this point by Oymek, we really have to go to where it all began from. We have to go to all we have from, and that was the statue of Nebuchadnezzar. The statue of Nebuchadnezzar. What in the world is he trying to do? 
especially if you look at the Mepharshim, like Toysus and Adiz Rosh, it says he wasn't trying to build an idol. He was trying to build a statue of himself. It's a normal statue which is going to bring everyone to bear down to. What was the point of it? What was he trying to achieve with it? So you have to see in the context what, what made him do it. And that is, if you look in the Navi in Daniel, and you look at the Prakim before that, you'll see that Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And in his dream, he sees a colossus. He sees an enormous statue with a head of gold and a, a neck of silver and a chest of bronze and one leg of iron, one leg of, of pottery of clay and feet of dust, of sand. And he, it was an enormous statue. He had no idea what it was. That was uh, longer expanded to him. And that's why right at the beginning of Sefer Daniel, he threatened to kill all the Chachmei Babel because longer expanded his dream to him. Until Menashemayim, that's where the story of Daniel starts. Hashem revealed to Daniel what the dream meant, and he went to explain it to Nebuchadnezzar. And what did the dream mean? The dream meant that the, uh, there were going, there's going to be four Malchus in the world. There's going to be four empires in the world. Um, the first one, which is represented the head, was the Empire of Babel. The second, which represents the neck and the shoulders, is the Empire of Paris Madai. The third one, which represents the chest in this context, was the Empire of Yavan. The fourth one, which is, represents the one leg, which was metal, is the iron, whatever it is, parzla, is metal iron, it represents Adam. The other leg, which is cheres, represents Ishmael. And then the feet represents the, like I said, other times, the division of all the nations within, with under the umbrella, so to speak, of Adam and Ishmael. Okay. And what was the point of the message? And the point of the message, this was a, this, this, this enormous thing that, that, Nebuchadnezzar beheld was basically Hashem was showing him that you're, that you're just the first step in the process of what we call the whole binion of all the malchus of that they're going to be in the world. Because Babel was the first malchus to who destroyed the base of Mikdash and took the malchus away from Klaishim. And the message to Nebuchadnezzar was that don't think you're establishing a monarchy which is going to last forever. This is a process which is just the beginning of, but it's going to move all over the place. That's, that's the that's the Nebu of the Arab Malthus. What Nebuchadnezzar wanted to do was he wanted to reverse that. He wanted to reverse that. And the way he thought he was going to reverse that was by making an equally big statue, which the whole world would bow down to. Because now, they were, now everyone's accepting him as a Melech. As opposed to Malthus, which was given to him and then removed to a different empire and somewhere else never and as Hashem gave it to different almost, right? The idea of bowing down to the huge statue of Nebuchadnezzar would be that everybody accepts the Malchus of Babel. And he thought if everybody willingly accepted the Malchus of Babel, then it will stay by Babel. That was the idea behind it. it was, that's why after seeing this Nebu of this enormous statue, he goes to build the enormous statue, which is meant to be himself, which is meant to be his Malchus, and therefore he wants everybody to bow down to the to, to, to that Nebuchadnezzar. To that statue, and then, so to speak, accept the Malchus Babel. And I go, this idea isn't something foreign, right? The idea that if a person willingly bows down to something, he accepts that thing's dominion over him, was exactly what Homer was trying to do to Mordechai at a later stage. But what, he, what made such a difference that Mordechai wouldn't bow down to him is that he knew, and this is brought in the Shlok, that had Mordechai yes bowed down to him, right, then Homer would have, so to speak, had a certain kayak over the Jewish people. 
they, they accepted it. Right? Mordechai refused. That, that's what gave Mordechai the ability to stand up to him later on as well. Okay, so that's what the Nebuchadnezzar so wanted everyone to bow down to him to accept that Malchus. The, he was Kamat Matlech, except for three people. The whole world did bow down, including the Marshes of the Eden. The only ones who didn't bow down were those three. Everyone else bowed down to him. Now, what, the, what he was missing, sorry, Hanani Mishal Nazaria. The only ones who didn't bow down, and that's why I threw them into the furnace, but that's a different story. But, Lemaisa, uh, what was the, what, what was the reason, we understand what he was doing it for, why he wanted to do it, and what, 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 after the dream, why it was coming to counter. Except, the, the Bishayrish, what the mistake, the problem was, exactly the same thing that the Gazar is explaining here. And that is, it wasn't a living statue. As opposed to in his dream, he saw something alive, which means the Kayach that HaKadosh Baruch is giving, and he's going to move around from one box to another one. The best Nebuchadnezzar could do to, to combat that was to make a statue, but it's dead. It's nothing alive about it. And therefore, even if everyone's going to bow down to it, it's Betzim, it's a facade. It's a, it's a statue, it's a model. There's no Kayach, there's no life there. There's Betzim, all of that, every... A religion which models itself on Kali Yisrael is doing the same thing. They're taking the facade and they're recreating it. So they're building a statue. There's nothing alive about it. And if that's the case, it will never equal, even if today Kali Yisrael doesn't have its full form, it doesn't have its full structure, but it's still something which was connected to something which once was alive, as opposed to anything else which is only going to be, like he says, it's only going to be a tzura, it's only going to be a model. When we do something wrong, we ask And when we fix up the mistakes we made, then we'll get healed. However many Jews there will still be, we will be, we will, we will, the Gula will heal us, so to speak, bring us back again. But whenever HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides, however it's going to work out, that he's going to bring us back, doesn't make a difference who our leader is or who the king is at the time, and where we are scattered in the goddess, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will put us together again. Which means the fact that we have still have a connection to something which was alive, that's the Chesed Mesin. We still have a connection which was alive, means it's Shaykh to be Rimechayas. It's Shaykh to bring us back to that. He's holding on to that. Masha'enga, something which never was allowed, so you can't start with it. It never had a kayakhus. So that's why the Chavchim explains, on the one hand, it's true. He explains what we lost when we lost the Khurban or when we lost the Guf of Kla Yisrael. But on the other hand, even today, when we, have, when we don't have all of that, it's still, it's not just that we have an advantage over the Goyim. It's in a completely separate place. It's a very separate place. This is something which was is connected or and still will be connected to, to that Sherish of Chiyos, as opposed to you can build a huge statue, but it never has life. You can build a whole religion, but it never has any connection. It never receives that darkness, in which case it's intrinsically dead. It's not something which can ever come back to life again.